Father, we want to thank you for another wonderful day. We want to appreciate you this morning for granting us the privilege to be part of the called out saints, to be part of a nation that you have ordained to walk within the nations. Thank you for your spirit this morning once again that has brought us into this atmosphere, into this new day, into this new reality. We want to thank you for the grace that we have in the name of your son that we can stand yes at the precipice of time that we can look at things from a high position an elevated position in you thank you this morning that you've brought us from one mountain to the next and from this point oh god we have advantage to see the activity of your intentions in the earth. We thank you. Your word says, after six days, you took Peter, James, and John to the mountain of transfiguration. And on that mountain, there will be an activity that will reveal your departure from the earth. Your word declares that as they stood at Mount Olive and saw Jesus ascend until he was received into the cloud, in gaze and an amazement, they see their Savior being lifted from the mountain of Olive. The mountain place has always been the place where you encounter, where you speak, when you interact. Things that matters to you, things that deals with lives and destiny. And so, Father, this morning, we appreciate you. That as you bring us to this mountain, as you bring us to this new realm, to this new height, to this new position in the spirit, for us to be adjusted, for our perspectives, for our spectacle, for our prophetic understanding to be adjusted so we can have understanding and, and clarity regarding the things that are happening down in the valley, down here, oh God, where men are jostling and bustling and they are fighting and wars here and there and people are confused. Yeah, there's a group that you are calling. Come away to the place where I can show you the blueprints, the directions and the agenda that will be shaping the destinies of men in the valley. So we thank you this morning, oh God. That we've heard the voice, we've heard your call, and we've responded. Father, we await, oh God, this divine communion, this divine connection. Father, we thank you this morning that you have called us away from the distractions. We, we have been too distracted by the issues, the political issues, the economic issues, the, the wars and the factions and the parties and all these things. 
that have beclouded our minds that we can no longer see. We are supposed to be lights and salt. We are supposed to be the one giving directions, precisions and, 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 and guidance into the affairs of men. Yet we have been almost been captured by the quagmire, by the, by the battles, the protected walls. But Father, this morning we declare that as we hear your sound, we hear your sound, we come away. We come away, we shift away. Like Peter, James and John, we've come to your hill, we've come to your mountain. There's a place where you speak to men. It's called a mountain. Jesus, when you're on earth, whenever you need to interact with your father, you always come away. You always break away from the crowd and then you find yourself going to the hill. It was David that says, where does my help come from? He says, my help comes from the Lord. It was David that says, only the pure in heart can ascend to the hill of the Lord, to the mountain of the Lord. There is a mountain that you've called us to gather. You said you call them out of the land of bondage, that they may come to a place called a mountain where they can worship you. We have mountains in the scriptures. You represent mountains. Your church are mountains. You said in that day, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be elevated above every other mountains. So we are not dwarfed by all these mountains. The mountains of the economy and politics. The mountain of bad governance and bad leadership. The mountains of the opinions of men. The mountains, yes, of the Goliaths of our day. We are not dwarfed by this mountain because we are mountains ourselves. And so, Father, we thank you this morning that we begin to receive adjustments of who we are in you. As your spirit once again bring us to a place where we can begin to interact with men who defines and def and des and design the destiny of of nations, he said, "Yes, as Jesus was on that mountain, Elijah and Moses appeared." Kalaba Shayede, Father, we thank you. Now we're hearing the sound. We're hearing, oh God, yes, the bellowing, the the wind, the blowing of that which is coming. That in this new day, there is an activity taking place that is being shaped by a two order called Moses and Elijah. That as we begin to get ourselves ready to confront the complex powers and principalities of our day, Spirit of the Lord, that we are coming to a place where we will begin to take of the nature of these two order, the Moses and the Elijah coming together, infusing their very nature into who we are in Christ. He said they came to speak to Jesus about his departure from the earth. In other words, his job is done. But we, we pick something, oh God, in that discussion. That these two order has the ability to begin and to finish. Yes. And so, Father, as we come into the twilight of a new day, of the third day, of the new reality of your intentions in the earth. Yes, your prophetic intentions in the earth. 
they they come in in seasons and they unfold as as one season unfolds oh god we enter into a new day where we can begin to see afresh oh god for we have not come with the same mindset of what you did oh god yesterday it's gone it's a new day and help us this morning father as we begin to track yes the path the direction your speakings your 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 pointing your 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 activity in the earth oh god help us oh god to be quieting in our spirit oh god help us not to come with the attitude of well i've heard god before i knew what i knew i i i know what he's gonna say and i knew what he told me before it's a new day new wine can only be poured new wine represents the outpouring of your spiritual activity in the earth there was a day where the wine got finished and they were caught in the midst oh god yes of that moment called finish no your word declares that they came to jesus mother and they said we have no more wine yes we have gotten to a point, oh God, in our activity where there is no more wine and the joy of men are failing them. The things that we have built and we've depended upon are collapsing because there is no more wine. You know what this de declare? That wine is designed to gladden the heart of men. Yes, that's what we, we saw in your word. They said it's to gladden the heart of men. It is the spirit of joy in place of heaviness. Thank you. The Lord, as we come to a point where we realize that there is no more wine. No more wine. The oil assist. The vehicles are no longer lubricated. Hearts are no longer connected. There are frictions all around us. But it is the anointing that makes the difference. And we understand in this new day that the anointing is just, it's not just to shout and to scream and to jump up. But it is to lubricate us to understand. A few days ago you spoke to us about being lubricated. And so we thank you this new day that as we come to a day where, yes, our joints are being lubricated, that we may come once again to the heel of the Lord. Yes, Father, that as we come to this heel, we can hear, we can receive, we can come to a point, oh God, where we can have interaction with your spirit. We thank you. We honor you. It's a new day. It's a new day in America. It's a new day. In, in, in United Kingdom, it's a new day. In South Africa, it's a new day. In Nigeria, it's a new day all across the land. And we've seen your activity. And once you begin to move, sometimes it seems as if the enemy is winning. But no, we need to have the eyes to see. Like the prophet prayed for his servant. He said, God, open the eyes of this young apprentice to see that he may know that they that are with us are more than they that are against us. And so we thank you. We honor you, O God, that as we interact with that which your spirit, O God, is bringing forth in this newness, open our eyes to see. Open our ears to hear. Illuminate our heart to understand. We crave this money for the spirit of wisdom and understanding. We crave for the spirit of counsel, yes, and power. 
It is our desire this morning that the spirit of revelation and your fear will become what grips our hearts so we can go forth in the spirit of the Lord. Yes, that we may not judge by what we see with our eyes or what we hear with our ears. No, that we may judge, discern and interact, interpret based on what your spirit speaks and show us. So we thank you. We've come to a place of resting you. We bless your name. We honor you. May this moment, oh God, that we will share together, let it be a time of deepening, sharpening. <laughs> it was says, iron sharpens iron. Like the, like the face, yes, of a friend will, will enlighten, will sharpen, yes, will, 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 will brighten the face of his brother Lord let my face brighten the face of my brother let there be oh God a mutual connection and an understanding of what your spirit is emphasizing in this new day that we will shift away from the stale bread oh God that we will move away from the dry wells that we will come to a place where our soul is searching longing and yearning oh God to hear the freshness of your speakings we want the fresh bread from the oven the oven of your spirit break the bread open our eyes we want to see the nation depends on our sight our homes depend on our sight our family our marriage ministry depends on our sight for this new day so, Father, we pray, oh God, adjust our spectacle, our prophetic spectacle. Adjust, oh God, our eyes. Remove the glaucomas and the cataracts, oh God, that have grown there. Father, we pray, heal our sight, oh God. We want to be men who can see, women who have insight, oh God, so that our identity can be adjusted to the reality of what men are looking for, for the redemption of creation. We thank you this morning, oh God. Oh, Father, I thank you that you will baptize us afresh and new as we press into you. We don't want the 30-fold. We're beyond the 60. We want to apprehend the very reason why you apprehend us. So that our life will be a light in the midst of gross darkness. You're the king of kings. You're the lord of lords. We recognize you and you're still seated on your throne. No man depose you. No man can depose you. No situation, no circumstance. There's no devil that can depose you. You're the creator. Emmanuel is your name. The I am that I am. The ever-present God. You never change. Eternal. Immortal. Invincible. The only wise God. We thank you. We honor you, Father. We celebrate you. In this brand new day, we celebrate you. We appreciate your spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your mind. Thank you for your grace. Amen and amen. Well, good morning, everyone. I really want to welcome you to this beautiful 
session this is the voice of a watchman this is not a morning devotion this is not a uh, devotional uh, segment this is um, a different one this is what I title the voice of a watchman the watchman on the wall yes the watchman must see things and must hear things must be able to prepare and alert the the city when the enemy is approaching or when good news is coming so we thank god for the grace to be a watchman i want to really appreciate uh, sister myrtle i see you thank you thank you for connecting this morning uh man of god pastor diwali thank you sir amen pastor Aki, thank you let's see if i can all right okay we just feel that that's connect but appreciate everyone this morning and for those that are maybe listening uh, you know at, on the on the radio still appreciate you thank you so very much we have we are yet to uh, fix our radio uh, um um software so i'm still using the mobile one in other words i'm recording from the phone but you can still hear me live you can still connect to me live and listen all right so we want to thank god we want to thank god it's been you know few days of divine impression this has been a few days of divine impression there's been so much download in my spirit in the past uh, uh one week now yeah but one week now and the grace to write to you know to you know to 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 write you know I, i'm a scribe by you know by calling <laughs> that still amazes a lot of people as a guy who's suffering from dyslexia who suffered dyslexia you're not supposed to be a writer you're not supposed to be but isn't god faithful and just wonderful all right so i'm a scribe i write god has given me the grace to you know to to write and when i write when that grace come to write i just write so for the past four days now i've been writing almost non-stop it's been like you know just a release of the river of god and uh, so many things has been you know coming and perspectives have been upgraded updated you know as a prophet my 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 call well let me say one of my major call is to bring clarity and perspective to to the church and obviously to the nation regarding the activities of god or to if you will help people to make sense of what is going on and that has been proven you know with with uh, you know with time so i'm doing a write i'm doing a write up on on Jezebel. i thought i was just going to do you know maybe about five you know um, pages just to teach because i've always desired in fact not always i've of recent been having this desire this i, I guess is god staring my spirit to do a teaching again on on you know the spirit of Jezebel. Now the last time I did a teaching on the spirit of Jezebel was 2001. But I've been sensing the Lord wants me to you know 
you know, to, 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 to speak about it. Now, what happens to me is when God begins to speak to me to teach on something, all right, in most cases, it comes through writing, all right? So I write and then I've got the document, but then I can also preach out of that. And I, I, that's, that has been my, you know, pattern for, you know, for years. And so I, I take delight in, in just searching the heart of God and finding patterns and, and print principles in the word and values in the word that can help us speak into, you know, what we're facing, going through or what is happening in society. And it's a unique one, but it's, I mean, that's a grace God has given to me. But yesterday night, in fact, early hours of this morning, while I was just, you know, now I was chatting with a, a, a friend of mine. No, no, not, I wasn't chatting. He sent me uh, some texts from UK and we were talking about so many things in regards to what is happening globally, particularly in America. And for a while now, God has been speaking to me about America, you know, and UK, obviously, South Africa, which is my first prophetic point of call. And Nigeria, where I come from. And you look at all that is happening. There are such, you know, a complex challenge, issues. And when I mean complex, they are so complex that the complex are in layers. <laughs> the challenges are in, in, when you think, okay, you understand, you finally understand what's going on here. By the time you open that thing, you begin to realize my word. There are other layers to that challenges that people are not even, you know, comprehending or even understand what's going on. So suddenly while I was, you know, cross-checking the scripture regarding, you know, certain things, the spirit of the Lord is speaking to me about, you know, America. And suddenly the Lord began to plunge my understanding into a wider perspective of what he's saying and I felt, wow, this is this is awesome. So what I did yesterday, quickly, I just quickly typed some, you know, things uh, regarding what God is saying to me, and I posted on, on, you know, on my Facebook. My Facebook, you know, is like a resource. <laughs> what it says, your, you know, your Facebook is a resource. Indeed, that's what it's meant to be. We've got two, we've got two uh, platforms on Facebook. I've got the Potter's Gate platform. And obviously the, my, the, my main one, which I use, but the part is again, why I don't use it most time is because, you know, Facebook always wants you to pay, all right? They want you to boost it and they want you to pay for it. So I'm like, why do I have to pay for it? I mean, I can just post the same material on my on my page but i love the you know the potter's gate because i thought that was a platform that would be good to be able to share some of our resource and and you know and engage with people that are really serious with the things of of, of god all right and we will still do that i mean it's still there so but yeah so i posted this material yes yesterday and uh, i'm sure if you have checked my um timeline you will see that and it's titled interpreting interpreting with advanced sight regarding god's intervention over the present battle of the nations or over the battle yes over the battle of the nation of america south africa and the rest of the nation all right uh, that that's a that's a very broad title and that's because <clears throat> excuse me what the spirit of the lord is saying to me is quite broad and uh, 
but there is understanding and there is clarity and i believe that for those who have you know desire and who are interested <clears throat> excuse me For those who have the, the passion and the uh, and the desire right, to be you know to be used of God or a call into <clears throat> the ministry of you know the, of, of you know of, of the prophet or just have a prophetic desire right, to hear the heart of God to know the mind of God and to you know be able to go out there and represent the intentions of God I, I felt okay it, I mean it would just be good for us to rub hearts together and hear what God is saying. And so I'm going to quickly read, and before I read this, let me let me go to a scripture that uh, caught my attention this morning just before I came online. And this, <clears throat> excuse me, the scripture is found in um, in First Kings 18. First Kings, I think, says, after a long time, in the third year, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm so sorry, after a long time, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. In other words. For about three years, thereabouts, when God gave Elijah the word of God, when God gave this word, all right, shut the heavens. There will be no rain nor dew in the land because that was a reflection of God's judgment upon the land of Israel <clears throat> because of the because of the character, amen, of of its leadership. Ahab, of course, and Jezebel, they, they were they were in charge at that period in time. <clears throat> So one thing you look at is when you have an Ahab and a Jezebel kind of leadership, all right, in you know on the throne, what 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 God does, all right, the respond of God, amen, is economic collapse. <laughs> That's a good one. Is economic collapse. So when you have a type of you know a Jezebel spirit and Ahab spirit in 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 leadership. What you have is, I mean, it's just an easy way to understand that. What you have is the collapse of the economy. They shut the economy. They shut the heavens. They said there will be no rain, no dew. All right. So, but the, the, the point here is, I'm not dealing with Jezebel this morning. The point here is, the point here is, the Bible says for three years, you know, where that word went, it took another. It took another three years. Basically, it took three years for God to come back, for God to speak again to, you know, to you know, to His prophet Elijah, and I found that very fascinating, because uh, in the act of the uh, prophetic engagement and 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 interaction, it's important that we understand the timeline of how God, you know, relates with us. Sometimes, all right. I mean, I've experienced that, that you know. In a particular period or season, it's like the heavens are completely shut. I'm not hearing anything. I'm not seeing anything. It's just, you know, it's like you're just blank. But the, 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 but the truth is, you're not blank. Because that which God spoke, that which has been, you know, a, a release in time past, all right? That word has not really fulfilled, all right? It's, it's you know, it's... Its intention that word has not been fully carried out. So when you when you are I don't know why I'm saying this, but somebody needs to hear this. When you are, you know, you when you're in a situation and you feel you're not hearing God, you feel it's like heaven is shut. It's, it's you feel sometimes you may even feel dry. Remember, at this point, there's a season of dryness. 
So this is not just something that is impacting the economy, but it's also affecting the spiritual condition or the spiritual state of you know society in, in, within the body of Christ. Also, there's a it's like God is not just speaking. You know, you know the scripture, you know, defines this day as a day where the heavens becomes like brass, and the earth like iron, where no word is coming, and everything. Uh, you know, at that moment, in that kind of period or season, what you need to do is to hold on to the last thing God said to you. You must learn to hold on. It's because we are very quick at jumping. At, What's the next thing God is saying? What's the new thing God is saying? You know what? You've got to learn to relax. You've got to learn to hold on to the last command, to the last word. God, because that last thing God spoke to you before he starts speaking, amen, has the capacity to sustain you through whatever transition you're going through. Whatever is happening, whatever is taking place in the land that you are not, you know, that you can make sense of. You make sense of what is going on within the context of what he said to you amen, in the past. And when his word comes again, that means that word, amen, has done and fulfilled his, you know, his objective in your life. So, so this is important in understanding, you know, prophetic season and, and our transition in the things of God. The Bible says for a, for a long period. In other words, Elijah will have to depend. So whatever Elijah is doing within those three years period, amen has to depend on that which in fact excuse me let me let me rephrase what i'm saying has to be within the context of the last you know word and i mean a word you see we have words for seasons all right i'm not talking about the, the daily things you hear you know when you pray yeah yeah i mean there are there are words we must have for every day now those are the words you have for daily life you know you know live live your life in in honesty in in in, in love i mean those are not words as it were there is a prophetic word that is designed tailor-made amen for every season of your life it's in the context of this prophetic word that you are able amen to make sense of the activity or the interactions or you know the circumstance that will be happening to you that i think that is important that we we, we, we you know we make this clear because we can find ourselves in a situation where we are running around looking for a word or trying to you know get out of what is happening because you know we have not learned to accustom ourselves all right to live within the structure, within the umbrella of that to which the Spirit of the Lord, amen, has said to us. You see, right now, as, you know, where I am right now, I'm living under a canopy of a word that was given to me. So now, when that word, you say, how do I know when that word ends? Well, when, when a new season unfolds that impacts my life, all right, to the point where it overrides that which God has said to me in the past. Then suddenly your spirit will begin to sin because you will know. Your spirit will begin, okay, you have you have finished this season. You've, you've got to move to the next season. And, and that's very important because you need that in order to be able to make the right decision or you'll be making decision out of season. Your season is not defined by the circumstance around you. Come on. Your season is not defined. Men of God, your seasons are not defined 
by the circumstance around you. They are not defined by the event around you. Our seasons are defined, amen, by the word that God has spoken, by the word, amen, that we're running with, by the word that we have received of the Lord. All right? So, so if you will, God speaks, you know, after three years again to Elijah. But that's not a pattern. That's not a pattern. But at this point, because the word that God spoke to Elijah has to do with or has to deal with, amen, the, you know, the, the, the political, you know, uh, uh, economic events, you know, of the nation. So, so um, sometimes the life of the man of God, amen, is, is symbolic, is, is a picture of what God is doing in the nation. So God is using the man, amen. To you know, to, to 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 speak into the nation, but the life of the man itself, amen, is a reflection, amen, of or a symbolic activity of what God is doing in the land. So the fact that the man of God spoke the, you know, spoke the word does not mean that he himself will be exempted from you know from the impact of the word. No, you see, when God gave that word, God had already prepared a place. He said, "Go to the go to the go to the brook." He said, "Go to the brook." And that is very important that we understand this. But this is not where I'm going. I just felt somebody needed to hear that. So after three years, the word of the Lord. Bible says after a long time. That's a key word. After a long time. What happened within that space of a long time? God gave you a word. God said something to you. God asked you to do something. And you're doing that. What You're doing what God told you to do. But guess what? You're having a backlash. You're having, you know, negative uh, uh seemingly negative results all right you, you know things are not working out the way you expect or of course god doesn't work based on our expectation and i'm going to be taking us in fact i think that's this connects to what i'm going to be talking about now all right god does not work based on our expectation god amen works based amen on that which he has given to us and that's why now all that i've said Rest on this point. That's why you need, we need, amen, not only to know how to hear God, but how to, we need to know how to authenticate that we have heard from God. So there has to be that concept of the peace of God. When we know, when we say, okay, we've heard God, there has to be peace. There, there has to be that, that sense of conviction you're conv you're con you're convinced you're convinced not just convicted you're convinced you're not you're, you're convinced not because you saw something you heard you know you you know something around you something on the outside you know tells you yeah that's that sound like god no 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 you know gideon did that but we we are not living in the day of gideon where you look at yes there were sometimes you know at, at some point god can use events but your conviction must begin from the position of your spiritual you know walk with god that you know just like i knew when god says it's time to leave nigeria i knew it i knew it and as i began to delay everything around me that i built began to collapse one by one one by one one by one i said lord okay i hear you lord i'm gonna i'm gonna respond we, we have to be sure you see, and if you don't, if you don't follow what God has said to you, you're not going to hear the next thing. You see, God, God never spoke to me that if you, if you, if you, you know, if you, if you, if you take the airway, you will take the land. 
when he spoke to me about coming to South Africa. No, it was when I responded that, okay, yes, I'm going to finally, and I finally got into the plane. Yeah, I was on the plane, all right, from Nigeria to South Africa. In the air, God spoke that word to me in the air, in the plane. God said to me, Isaiah, if you can take the airwave, you will take the land. You see, one word of obedience will open the gates for you to, to hear the next instructions of God. The problem most time is we hear God speak to us, we run. And we shut our ears from the next thing God wants to say to us. You see, God doesn't speak to us just once. No, it speaks to us in unfoldings of the seasons of obedience. As we obey, it speaks, it says the next thing to us. So God can say something. If you look at look at what is happening here, can you see the timeline of the next word that came to you know to Elijah? Three years later, three years later, the next word of God came to Elijah. So what, what, what was Elijah living on? Like I said, what was, what was he living on? How was he, how was he tracking his daily life, his family, his home, based on the last word God spoke? So this is, this calls for maturity. We, we need to walk in maturity when it comes to the things of the spirit. And that means, when I say maturity, it means that we have to begin to believe God for our spirit man, amen, to be capacitated again, to grow, to develop our spirit. He said that we may know him better. The more we know God better, the more our spirit, amen, gets developed. All right. The, the better we get to know of the things of God, the more we know of God and the more we know ourselves and the more we are able to make sense of the environment and the circumstance around us. All right. So that's, that's that before I continue to, you know, uh, flog this point. Let's, let me go to what led me to this point this morning. I'm going to look at Joshua chapter, chapter five. I'm going to look at Joshua chapter five. Now, as I open to Joshua chapter 5, I'm going to be reading from Joshua chapter 5. And we're going to be looking at some things that deals with uh, um, the context of the days that we live in. The nature of the affairs of the days we live in. But before I do that, let me just quickly read from my notes. Several, there are several parallels or paradox, do I say, is taking place within the nation, particularly the nation of you know, America, South Africa, Nigeria, as well as United Kingdom. But it will take a genuine advanced prophetic spirit or sight. All right. Your, your, your sight, amen, is, is informed by the quality of your spiritual state. Our prophetic sight is informed by the quality of our spiritual state. All right. So it's going to take a genuine advanced prophetic sight to bring clear prophetic perspective and interpretation. All right. To the things that are happening. It's going to take a powerful prophetic sight. So we're saying so many things are happening today. There are several parallels or parallels and, and paradox taking place within the nation, particularly the nation of America, South Africa, Nigeria, and the United Kingdom. And it just occurred to me right now why these four nations, America, you know, South Africa, Nigeria, and United Kingdom. It just occurred to me while I'm speaking now why God highlights. I'm, in fact, I'm just seeing it. Why did I have to highlight these four nations? Because these four nations play a key role in the destiny of our generation. 
We like it or not. We like it or not. This foundation, in fact, in fact, I can say this. The strength of the, you know, of, of, of Europe, as we can see, basically collapsing right now with the issues of break, you know, Brexit exit and, and, and what is happening all over. All right. We, we, we're seeing that if you look at what is happening, America seems to be getting stronger economically. And the world system obviously define you know relevance based on economic strength, but that is a false. That's not that that that's a lie. All right. So so this four nation basically represents you know key players in terms of what is going to be happening in all this region. So when we talk about America, we're talking about that region, not just America in particular as you know United States, but America represents you know an order. All right. South Africa also represents an order. They represent, and, and in this order, there are prophetic programs that have been designed, that have been ordained, all right, to be carried out. All right. This, this, these are, mm, thank you, Lord. These are like the four rivers. These are like the four rivers, okay, that will be influencing, all right, impacting nations in, in this new day. Not like that, no other nations that have relevant to the programs of god in fact every nation is relevant to the pro program of god every nation carries a strong prophetic you know a, 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 a agreement and interaction with the things of the spirit but guess what guess what there are certain nations that god uses at different season to reflect to birth to to show to you know to unveil amen to steer things so you can see america steering things right now all right with donald trump he's steering things you know and, and we're going to make sense of some of these things that is happening the same thing with you know you know with, with, with uk and 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 europe you you this this issue of united kingdom all right leaving europe i mean it, it's gonna have a major 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 impact all right not just on the economy but even on culture and, and i believe that this is this these are things that god has ordained because all that we are seeing that is happening in terms of you know global affairs are all culminating into one order and that is amen the visibility of the kingdom of god in the days of the nearness of the kingdom of god there's gonna be amen shakings and 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 disruptions like we've been saying I, i've said those four things that is gonna be happening within the context amen of the nature of the days that we live in amen there's gonna be strong strong level of disruption right because i will shake everything that can be shaken so we we want to be able to make sense, amen, of that which is shaking. Well, excuse me, of that which is happening within the context of the shaking. So we are not afraid. We are not captured by the spirit of fear. All right, or start running around, or start, you know, uh, 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 relocating because that's how we respond. That's how humans respond. All right, to challenge. All right, when things are bad here, when things are, you know, not working here. All right, we 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 want to relocate because we're forever looking for greener pasture. Uh uh it's not gonna work this time around. And that's why even the whole idea of, you know, the issues of, you know, immigration that is happening in, in America, we've got to look at it, amen, from a holistic, prophetic perspective, okay? So that we, we don't stand for or against. We've got to have an insight, an understanding of what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. What is making people, all right, to want to move into America and, you know, seek, even if they have to die, you know, on the, on, on the way. All right, it's because you know mindset. All right, I've been I've been captured. A lot of people believe that okay, except they make it to America, they will never be able to make it in life. That is a lie that I've been. In fact, that that.
that is that is what you call a neocolonialism. That is a new way, amen, of people being captured. In fact, that is slavery. It's a it's a it's a mental slavery to think that you have to be in a particular region, a particular location, a particular nation for you to prosper. It just means that people are not being informed. Yes, we have bad leadership. We have bad governance. All right, that is, you know, a, 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 you know, a, a affecting you know people in terms of the, the you know, the, the economy. All right, but guess what? When God gives us word and He tells us, Amen, what to do with regards to what He has said to us, guess what? He He will provide for us. When there was farming, Amen, declared in the land, guess what? God already made a provision, Amen, for His own. God said, "Go to the brook." Now, if God gives you a word, go to America. That's a different thing. Or God say, "Go, go to UK." I remember I've said this before. I remember when I was, you know. Planning to come to South Africa, and you know, few of my friends that, that are in UK all right, heard about it, and they said, "Why do we want to go to South Africa?" I said, "Well, because God sent me there." They said, "God sent you there." I mean, it doesn't make sense. Why don't you come to UK? I mean, United Kingdom. I mean, with the grace God has given to you, with the kind of you know ministry you have, you will do better in UK. And you know, in fact, a friend of mine, which is late now, he finally said to me. In fact, from UK, you can go, you can then go to, you know, uh, you know, to, to South Africa and do whatever you feel, you know, you, God will have you do. And that sounds logical. But I, I mean, at that moment of my life, I have grown beyond living by logic. <laughs> because you see, when you want to live your life on logic, you will miss God. You will miss the direction of God. You will miss the intentions of God. Because every, every person, amen. Everybody is looking for where the grass is greener, where they have some. I mean, who doesn't want to live comfortably? Who doesn't want to have, you know, the, 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 the basic amenities? I mean, what are people looking for? Basic amenities. Okay. You've got electricity. You've got, you know, you know, clean pipe, warm water. You, you can send your children to school. All right. You can eat what you want to eat. All right. You, you have good roads. All right. You, you, you have opportunity to be able to, you know, uh, uh, Invest in whatever you, you want to invest in terms of, you know, uh, the economy. You know, you have an idea. You want to have, you know, a, a opportunity to be able to carry out, you know, fulfill, you know, your desire. Those are the basic things people are looking for. Unfortunately, we've got, you know, not just bad leaders. We've got wicked leaders, all right, that have made it so difficult for people to express, all right, their, their, their creativity and their potential. We make it so difficult for people to even begin to think that they, they have, you know, uh, uh, you know, something to contribute to the economy, unfortunately. So, so when you live life from that, you know, perspective, you, you, you'll be looking for greener pasture and look at how many people have died in the Mediterranean Sea. Look at, I remember that have died crossing from Libya, all right, to, you know, to Europe. Look at, I mean, would have died from crossing from, you know, Niger Republic to, you know, God knows where. Just look at the number of young people, young people who have, you know, a, 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 you know, strength and, and capacity. I mean, that is a waste of, you know, a, a, a human capital. So, so the problem of that, but I'm saying that if we begin to resource people with understanding and sight and grace, we, we can begin to say, you don't have to run to that place. You don't have to go to somewhere. All right. And I, I mean, to, you think tomorrow, if God said to me, is that tomorrow? You've done your job here in South Africa. It's time to go back home to Nigeria. I'll be the first person with my home, with my family to jump into the, into the plane. Yes. I'll be the first person because you see, 
our security is not in a place. Our security is in God. Our security, our provision, amen. Our, our future is not dependent on, you know, some, you know, some well developed, you know, society. Every, every society has the potential to be developed. Unfortunately, we're dealing with powers. We're dealing with, and those are some of the things I'm going to be looking at when we begin to deal with, you know, the concept of uh, uh, engaging Jezebel. You're going to be seeing how we're dealing with certain systematic spirit, you know, certain spirit that have positioned themselves in certain place just to hinder and frustrate, all right, the development of, of human capital. All right. When when they when they castrate and they and 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 they make you so you know un, unworthy and unproductive. That's what Jezebel does. Jezebel, amen. I mean, castrates people, men. All right. It, 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 she, she takes them and bring them under our authority. The Bible talk about prophets. Prophets are supposed to be men of God who give sight and direction and and clarity regarding the development and the advancement. Of, of the intentions of God in the land. Now, the Bible says, this prophet, they sit on our table. So you've got to understand that dealing with Jezebel deals with a concept of the economy, a concept of political power and all this. So, but that's not, that's not where I'm going this morning. I really want us to understand that when God speaks of America, we've got to look at America amen, from certain context. We've got to look at South Africa from certain context. That's what I understand that where I am today in South Africa, all right, is to be able to Position certain things, reposition certain things, amen. Oppose certain things, build certain things, and of course, tear them, pull down certain things that have hindered the prophetic activity. Because when the prophetic activity of, of God begins to advance within a society, guess what? That immediately triggers, amen, the, the, the activity of the development of the people, of the society. All right. When the prophetic activity of God, amen, is, is, is being hindered, is being challenged, it, it also frustrates, amen, the advancement of the people, the development of the people, the productivity of the people. You've got to understand, amen, that economy is linked, directly linked, amen, to spirituality. In fact, there's something I'm going to be working on, hopefully, uh, 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 not too long when I'm done with what I'm doing right now. I want to look at, all right, you know, the, 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 the concept of capital. Because you see, sometimes when we, you know, like what I'm doing right now, I mean, a good government will like, wow, you got you, 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 you're really helping us because we're giving perspective and we're we're helping people to understand how to live life. All right, I mean, somebody like me needs to be, you know, needs to be resource because you know you're not just talking about spirituality, but this this spirituality has a direct link, all right, to economy. Like I always say, when the economy of God is well established within the context of where we live, amen, within our metron, guess what? It, 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 it allows the economy of the people, amen, to begin to come to the fore. So if you are pursuing some financial economy, all right, and you do not understand the principles of the economy of God beyond just money, because the economy of God is not money. The economy of God is established, amen, on the will and the purposes of God. Within the will and the purposes of God, amen, there are things that will begin to make for your, amen, sustenance, your productivity, your development, amen, your advancement. Everything that God gives to us, amen, first of all, is to advance his purpose in the earth. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is not just some religious statement. Seeking first the kingdom of God, meaning that the kingdom of God that 
carries the authority, the government of God, the administrations of the Spirit. Amen. Once that you, once that is sought and is well established in your heart, what what that begins to happen is it opens the way for other things, other things in terms of, amen, the idea, you know, the creativity, the skill, the manpower that you need to express, amen, what God will have you do. Because whatever God, amen, will have us do, amen, is to bring one, redemption to earth. Secondly, development to creation. Thirdly, restoration, amen, to society. When we say we're coming back to the order of God, that has a political, that has a political, you know, impact. And that has, amen, an economic, amen, impact. You've got to understand that, amen. The Bible says that as long as King Ezekiah sought the Lord, God prospered him. You see, uh, many, many men of God, particularly in the charismatic, they, they, they took scriptures like this and abuse it. And therefore you see them, all right? I mean, it cannot be said. It should not be, it should not be, it should not be said. And we should not glorify that in a church, a man of God, amen, is there and he's got everything looking all well and good. But then you look at it the church, you look at his people, you look at people coming to his church, alright, they are not living to the standard, I mean, the Bible says when they came to arrest Jesus, Jesus had to be identified by a kiss, because, I mean, he blended, he just blended into his disciples, they could not identify him by what he wear, they could not identify him by his language, they had to identify him by a kiss, while Jesus was showing us a pattern, alright, that living within the community of the kingdom, you've got to have all things in common. I still take, I still take offense to men of God who are, you know, trying to, you know, justify the issue of individuals having jet plane. I kept, I will continue to say, someone like Kenneth Copeland, I do not have regard for him. I mean, if a man can tell, you know, say to people that, well, he cannot fly, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it now? A business class. Because the people there are, you know, people there are like a bunch of demons. These people forget where they're coming from. They forget the God who's blessed. God does not bless us for us. He blesses us because of the people. Let's read the scripture. Let's understand the principle. We have abused the things of God. We've abused the wealth of God. The wealth that ought to bless society. See, when we tap into certain principle in the word of God and God begins to, you know, release. Because, you see, the, the, the things of God are based on principle. When you when you tap into certain principle, the principle of faith. Faith is a principle. Grace is a principle. Amen. Love is a principle. In other words, amen, if you apply it, you get a result. But the fact that you get a result of a principle does not make, does not make you correct, amen, in applying that you know principle to just bless yourself you've got to you've got to go beyond amen that principle working for you amen to the principle impacting the community we don't live for ourselves neither do we die to ourselves so before I get myself distracted because I always get you know very emotional when it comes to this issue of men men take men of God taking advantage of the people and taking advantage of the concept of tithing and you know money and seed sowing for goodness sake, how long are we going to be? People today, people are crying. The nations are crying. And I know people who are no longer going to church just because they don't, they, they no longer have, you know, a, a trust in, in, you know, in men of God. And by so doing, a lot of people no longer have trust in God. In fact, they're saying, if this is church, we don't want it. That, that is why we have to, 
we have to face the reality and that's why i believe god is highlighting because you see this nation that, that i'm mentioning if you also look at this nation in terms of all right their their their, their, their religious influence over the world my good god look at america America is a nation that, I mean, anything you ash and you birth in America, they can export it. I mean, whatever, whatever it is, whatever, America is a, is, I mean, is an economic hub. And what I mean by that is, whatever you're able to birth in, in, in America, and that's why most people want to go to America, because whatever you birth in America, all right, has the potential to impact society, impact the world, good or bad. So we have to understand that what the Spirit of the Lord is sharing, showing us, amen, in terms of highlighting America, South Africa, I mean, South Africa is like also a gateway, you know, an economic gateway. But if you look into the scripture, you will always notice that where, where God, where Jesus, amen, establishes his, 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 his base or spend time, all right, in terms of ministering to people are always connected to cities amen that are economic economically viable you know viable all right you will always see jesus connect his his ministry amen or his his church to a place where all right there, there, there is a potential or maybe a place where people gather i mean look at jerusalem look at jerusalem i mean all the people that came to you know to you know to to jerusalem on the day of pentecost many of them all right were were economic migrants many of them all right were, were you know were merchants many of them i mean that is a place where people trade but they don't just trade in in, 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 in in money and some they also trade in idea ideologies and philosophy and things like that and religion. I mean the Bible talk about the Ethiopian Enoch coming from Ethiopia, alright, to worship. I mean in, in, in Jerusalem, and that was um, a minister of finance. So you've got to understand these things, and that's why I'm saying that every time we talk about spirituality, there's an economy tied to it. There's an economy tied to it, but 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 we've got to be able to see beyond just you know the monetary you know aspect. We've got to be able to see the economy of the spirit. We've got to see the economy of the spirit. That's why I keep saying to people, I'm one of the richest people on earth because I trade in the economy of the spirit. I don't trade in the economy of random and dollars. And listen, that one, whenever you need it, God will give it to you. I don't need to have you know a million rand in my account to say I'm rich as long as I'm a carrier of the presence of God. The Bible says it will always lead you into greener pasture. Our problem is insecurity because we want to see amen the you know the 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 the, the, the amount in our account, then we have rest. Have you noticed that all the men of God in the scripture? The Bible never said anything that they've got this X amount except for Abraham or the kings. But all of the prophets, all you know, the apostles, none of them were. You will never find in the scripture where the Bible talked about you know their personal account, their personal you know income and things like that. You know, this guy is so rich. No, because their wealth earlier is in the commonality, amen, of the presence of God in their midst. Their wealth, amen, is 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 in the shared life, amen, of the community. Their wealth is not in. You know what they what they can prove or what they can show what they what they can brand out there. You know by the Lexus, the pra- you know the pack or you know the, um, the the size of their of their building. Come on, what what are you doing with you know t- you know t- you know t- uh, t- you know two you know uh, what's that man that's got twelve rooms, twelve rooms. Some got twenty rooms in their apartment. That is the height of insecurity. 
the man is trying to justify himself that the reason why he's got an airplane is because he can fly to different place you know at you know at, at, at you know very short period of time and i'm saying come on you can fly you know uh, uh, um what they call it now your public you know airplane in fact if you want to do it why don't you charter a plane say, oh well if you charter there's not so much much money well you don't have to but come on just fly what you call your you know your business class if you want to be so you know special for all i care you can fly a meeting can always be arranged to us you know that the time no now Isaiah asking for too much all things are lawful but all things are not expedient but that's not my point this morning I just felt I needed to you know release that steam whenever I touch this thing I just go <laughs> amen and I have no apology for that because that's just how the father feels all right, so so we're dealing with we're dealing with things here. We're looking at these four nations, and and I'm trying to highlight all right the the various activity and the prophetic intentions of God. America, South Africa, Nigeria, all right. I mean, you look at the. I mean, I'm, I'm Nigeria is almost like America. Thank you. Somebody says you're on point. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Amen. All right. Is it? I'm, I, you know. I, I, Nigeria is almost like America. In fact, Nigeria took it from America and they did worse. And that's what the scripture says, all right? You know, your children will do worse. Um, Nigeria took the, uh, the, 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 the issue of, you know, charismatic, you know, uh, 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 prosperity and all that. And that, that was good, amen. But we took it overboard because God wants us to prosper. I never say God doesn't want us to, to prosper. I never said so. God wants us to prosper. He wants us to live a good life. Well, he's not called us to live in a, a life of celebrities. Ah, we're not Hollywood stars. He's not called us to live on. I don't care the amount of money that your church is getting. It, you, you should never think about a concept where you want to live like an Hollywood star. That you become exclusive. That's why they are falling. That's why, you know, they are falling into all kinds of, you know, you know, sexual sin and all kinds of perverted things. Yes. God is shutting them down one by one. Look at what, look at what we have done. As Nigerians. The church in Nigeria, the men of God in Nigeria, look at what they've done. You know, sometimes when I look at certain buildings, churches, you know, buildings, <laughs> those are the different, the church are the people, but the building is there. When I look at certain buildings, just watching YouTube, you know, I'm like, is this actually Nigeria? But you, you look at what men are built, men of God are built, but you look at the states of the nation, they're two opposite ends. So, so it means that we're not doing something right. Because the, 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 the beauty of what you're building, amen, is not shown, amen, in the structure that you have built. It's defined in how you've impacted society positively. 
Now, so you look at that, you look at, because I don't, uh, let me not continue to flog on that. You look at the UK, okay, what is, what is God doing in UK? God is bringing, you know, equalization back to United Kingdom. Yes, they're breaking away from, you know, Europe, but, but God is also trying to realign because all kinds of wrong ideologies have, you know, have infiltrated, you know, UK to the point that today when you're in UK, you almost think that you are in, you are in Mecca, you are, you are in Saudi Arabia because, you know, in the name of being progressive and trying to accept, accept everybody, all right, you know, the land has been infiltrated by all kinds of foreign spirits in the name of freedom. But God is judging that order. So I believe this is one of the reasons why God is emphasizing this concept of this four nation. But let's go further. The Bible says uh, um, in, in, in Joshua chapter 5, Joshua chapter 5 verse, let me read from verse 13. Or do I read from verse 1? Let me see. Because what, what is happening in Joshua chapter, chapter 5, to me it's very important in, in relating to where we are because here is you know uh, uh, a new order of people all right that have emerged have grown you know in fact not just emerged they've grown and developed all right we've seen a generation come to a new a new day where god is about to take them into the next prophetic in, into his next prophetic intention all right but before we look at that we see that the generation that birthed this generation, all right, the, 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 the fathers that birthed this generation were literally killed in the wilderness by God. This is, this is what God began to open my eyes to see yesterday. The Bible says all the fighting men, all the strong men of Israel, all of them, all except for Caleb and Joshua, all the fighting men of Israel died in the wilderness for one reason. They disbelieve God. They disobeyed God. They challenged the order of God. So, so while the children of Israel were roaming that wilderness for 40 years, God basically was doing that to do what? To kill them. But while he was doing that, guess what? He was also blessing them. But he, he made sure that that generation that refused to believe, that refused to walk in alignment to his prophetic program, amen, all died in the wilderness. All right? God says they will, not, they will not come to the promised land. So while they were dying, God was what? God was waiting and allowing their children to what? To grow. Because the same children, they said, well, if we go fight those people, what's going to happen to our children? God said, okay, it's going to see. You think you own the, you think you own those children. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to finish all of you in the wilderness. So we see a generation perish in the wilderness. And to me, that is, that is very, very, very critical that we look at it because we can be doing certain things. And if we're part of a generation, all right. And this is oh halabayanta Listen to this. The spirit of the Lord just dropped this in my spirit. We can be part of a generation, all right, whose fathers are polluted and perverted the ways of God. And when I look at it, there was a generation that was that was born in the late eighties. I mean, for for uh, uh, Pastor Akin, I'm sure um, my my brother Adewale also. I'm sure you will agree with me. There was a generation. There was a generation, amen, that was born, amen, in the late 80s, early 90s. And I'm talking about born in terms of the, you know, the prophetic program of God for the church. And I was born in that generation because, I mean, I gave my life to Jesus 1988. Yes, 88. Remember, it was Christ Chapel uh, uh, um, Conference. 
the conference yes christ chapel conference 88 that was when i gave my life to jesus so so that that, that was there was you know a generation a young generation that was born at you know in, in that season that God began to impact. I, I was sharing yesterday, it was yesterday about, you know, Rick Godwin and Rick Joyner and how these two men have impacted my life. But, but how we cannot go forth and begin to walk in the capacity or in the kind of prophetic culture, if you will, or environment of the kind of a rejoiner if we have not received that, you know, instructive, you know, directive, you know, uh, 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 um, you know, ministry that we, we enjoy from somebody like, you know, regarding. And I thank God for, you know, men like, you know, to the other that God used them to bring resource to the body of Christ, you know, back then. Because, I mean, if not for him, I wouldn't know anybody called Regardwin. So, Regardwin was a man that God began to use to, you know, to, to realign my heart and say, yes, yes, there is this charismatic thing. But there's something also called, you know, charis, you know, uh, charismatic witchcraft and it began to unpack this thing how people can abuse the gift of god how they can misuse the gift of god and i mean back then it was like wow this is this is serious because you're seeing this thing that this man is talking about even from among your own community amen christ chapel back then i mean all kinds of things name it and claim it and people were naming and claiming things i mean all kinds of things that are not you know necessarily aligned to biblical principle but you know there was grace there was faith and and as long as you've got the faith it's fine but it's not fine i mean inside now tells us shows us that it's, it's not fine because there are certain characters that were not built that were not injected they were not established within the system that that birthed this faith so we're running with faith but here people were sleeping with each other people were doing all kinds of things here people were stealing here people are doing all kind of crazy things and all that all right you know form and shape what we term as a charismatic movement so at the end of the day there was power and the power came because i mean the bible says the, the callings and the gifts of god are without repentance but guess what that does not mean that god is not going to judge you because what validates your life is not the gift that you operate in amen is the fruit is the nature is the character of christ amen you know aligning and balancing that gift so if the gift is not submitting amen to the spirit of wisdom knowledge and understanding and you're not walking in order amen to that which the spirit of the lord is saying guess what you may be manifesting gift in fact that is what we're still seeing to today that people are walking in certain gift but their life is completely dysfunctional their ministry is completely dysfunctional their home is completely dysfunctional and that's why tomorrow they can decide to divorce their wife all right men of god i'm talking about men of god i'm not just talking about some ordinary people all right so so we see all this thing because they were not established amen on the present emphasis of god they they, they run with the gift that's supposed to complement amen the speakings of god the prophetic intentions of god for that day and that's why i still find I mean, when I look at some of my friends, you know, you know, some guys even that are connecting to me today in on Facebook that I knew back then in in, in Christ Chapel, and and I'm still seeing that they are still wearing that same old mindset, that same same old mindset. They've not changed. I mean, for you're talking about 25, 30 years ago, people are still talking this concept of faith. 
that, that, that has no connection with, with a life, with a value system that is sought from the tree of life. They are drinking, still drinking from this polluted stream. They are still running all right, with this knowledge amen, that came from you know, the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. And they have not come to understand that hey, there's been a transition. So, some of them want to relate with me based on you know, how they knew me back then. And I'm cutting them off. I say, sorry, you don't understand that there's been a transition. You, you think the man that is speaking to you today is just jumped from nowhere. You, you think he just ran from, you know, back then to now. Ah, there's been a transition. I have died several times. I have died in the wilderness several times. You die, you resurrect. You die, you resurrect. You die, you resurrect. And then they brought you to this point that you can speak this thing and say this thing. When I say something, I'm challenging people like, you know, Kenneth Copeland. They look at me like, but, 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 no, 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 not, but, 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 you went, you never transited. My eyes is not on a plane, it's not on a car, it's not some big mansion, big ministry, 10,000, 50,000 city of church. No, my eyes, amen, is on that which is bringing the formation of Christ into human lives. So that when people look at them, they say, wow, we see Christ in you. If prosperity is what validates who we are in Christ, then we are the most we're, then we are the most miserable people on earth. That's what Paul said. Then people walking in all these flashy companies and you know blue chip companies, and I mean, then they have better hope than us. If our hope is on material things that we can touch, that we can feel. That tomorrow when we die, no, those things will not be buried with us. If that is what defines our pursuit, our pursuit, our validation, ah, we've missed it big time. That's why I've got no regard for these men of God. I'm sorry to say, friends. Because they don't have regard for God. N neither do they have the regard for his word. Neither do they have regard for the presence of God. David said, do I not hate them that hate, hate you, Lord? He said, do I not hate them with a passion? My hatred is not, is not for the individuals. It's for the system that they've adopted. It's for the philosophy, the ideologies they've ad adopted. And I will never succumb to su such you know, false ideologies in the name of Christianity. That's not Christianity. That's witchcraft. That's manipulation. That's control. That's Jezebel in operation. We've got to be able to... Why am I saying this thing? Because we are in a day of the visibility of the kingdom of God. In the nearness of the kingdom, ah, you better get your house in order. <laughs> you know, I, I preached a, a long series of teaching yet last year. The nearness of the kingdom. John said, repent for the kingdom of God is near you. Ah, when the kingdom begins to get near you, God help you if your life is not in alignment. Say, repent for the kingdom of God is near you. The proximity of the kingdom, amen will bring you to a position of repentance or they crush you. Because nothing stands in the way of the kingdom. When, that, when, that, when the wind of the kingdom make landfall, it's like a hurricane. It will blow your house away. I mean, God asks the foolish, the foolish the rich man. They say, today your, your soul will be required of you. Ask the guy who built his house on the sand. It, that house could not stand the storms of God. That house could not stand the wind of God. 
that house could not stand the rain of God. It's coming. And as, it's, and as that wind is impacting our individual lives, our homes, our family, our ministry, our community is impacting our nation, is impacting United States, is impacting, you know, Nigeria, you know, South Africa. That wind is, yes, this is the day where we will test the house that are built, amen, on the right foundation. The Bible says our house shall be tested by fire. If your house is being tested by fire and you know you built well, you will go to sleep. You wouldn't need to bother. You should sleep. You rest. <laughs> you rest. But be worried if your house is built on compromise. All right. So, God dealt with an entire generation. A new generation is about to step into what God is about to do. And God said, all right, in this new generation that is coming, because like I said, there's a new generation right now that has grown up. We've grown up. All right? I'm going to look at myself as part of that generation that I've come. I mean, I'm 50, 50 plus now. All right? This is, this is, this is, this, to me, this is prophetic. You're about, you're, you're about to step into, amen, the newness of what God wants to do. There's an outpouring of the Spirit. He said, Tarry, after 50 days, Pentecost came. There was, an, there was a release. That release, amen, established a new order of church in the earth. And I hope you understand that church is not just a place where we gather. Church is a system that impacts, amen, society. Church is a dimension, amen, in the earth. That, that, that brings people, amen, to order, that brings the will of God, the counsel of God, amen, to, to, to reality. Church is the expression of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Church is a place where we show forth the glory of God. It's a lighthouse, amen. It's a church, it's a house on the hill. It's a hill of the Lord. Church, it's called the ecclesia. They're not just called out, they're sent out. Got to understand this thing. Because when we define church, we say, oh, they're called out. Well, they're not just called out. They were called out to be, to be reorientated. They were called out to be imparted. They were called out to be trained. They were called out to be built. They were called out earlier to, 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 to grow and to develop in the culture, in the identity, amen, in the traditions of God, of his will, of his, will, of his purpose. They were called out so that they can go through all this training and then be sent out to represent the prophetic intentions of God. That's the church. So why we spend a lot of time, you know, investing in structure? We should be investing in that which will empower community. We should be investing in that which will empower community, both Christian and non-Christian alike. Your ministry is not just to Christian. Your ministry is to the world. Oh, shala baba yende. Your ministry is not just to Christians alone. Christians, you train. You train them to go into the world. Amen. To beautify the, the face of both Muslim, non-Muslim, you know, Shinto, Hare Krishna, whatever, whoever they are. Be a blessing to people and see if they will not come and follow your God. You, you, we, do we think that we are impressing people by building these nice buildings? Nobody can outdo what you know, a, a, a winner's church, Oyedepo has done. No, but I don't think anybody can outdo that. Well, maybe some are trying to, 
So what has changed? What has changed in our country? With those massive structures, with those massive constructs, what have changed? That they get more richer and the people are more impoverished. You see, you, you've, got to, you've got to come to a point where I have come to to begin to address these things and see these things and really look at these things. Uh, you see, the, the, the problem of our country, Nigeria, now I'm speaking about Nigeria, the problem of Nigeria is not the government. The problem is the church. The, the, the problem of Nigeria is the church. Particularly when you talk about a church with blind prophets. Look at how many of them prophesy, give prophecy. I mean, it's all over the place, all over YouTube. Prophet, uh, uh, you know, Buhari is not gonna, he's not gonna come in the second time. No, God told them that. God told them. Okay, you see, the heart of the people has not been repentance. They are not. They have not come to a point, amen, of true, you know, sorrow. People still do not understand. You see, the more the more you get in this backlash from you know from the Boko Arams and you know and the path of darkness and all these things happening, the more they are fortifying themselves, all right, with security. Don't they understand that God is saying that you know a million security is not what is going to I mean look at look at the number one problem of Nigeria today. Security. Isn't that a prophetic sign? The God is saying, hey guys, don't you understand that I'm trying to bring you, I'm trying to call you to understand that I am your security. But you see, you cannot depend on the security of God if you are not humble, if you are not ready to submit, if you are not ready to trust him. Our problem in Nigeria as leaders, amen, is that we no longer trust God. We trust guns. We, tr we trust security guys. I mean, today you, you see men of God with, with, with police. You see men of God with soldiers. Some time ago, I was seeing this man of God, you know, show, I mean, it's, you, you just look, you will think he's an head of state. He's a man of God. So in situations like that, what do you think God does? He answers. God answers. And he allows the Boko Harams to continue to terrorize you. And we will have more terrorism in Nigeria. If we don't wake up and begin to call on our God, who is our security. The Bible says, he who watches over Israel, never sleep nor slumber. So why do we think God is asleep? Because we have been seduced by our wealth. With build, you see, they say they say if you pull down this, we will rebuild with fortified stones. That's what God. That's what the children of Israel said. They say, yes, our our walls, our buildings have been pulled down, our churches have been pulled down, but we will rebuild. We will rebuild. Our God is speaking to you. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Our nature has been captured by pride. We've been captured by the spirit of pride, arrogant spirit. An average person in Nigeria is full of pride, full of themselves. What is the reference of their pride? See what we have built. See. Can't you see? It's a competition. Who's built the big, the best, the best structure? We're not called to build buildings, we're called to build people. And if anytime you need to build buildings, build buildings that are relevant to the social life of the people. Build buildings that will transform people. Get 
ideas, creative ideas that will speak to the needs. We've got intelligent people that are that are that you know that have been shot by religious spirit who can think of how to resolve the issues of electricity, the issues of you know uh, uh, lack of. I mean, that some time ago I, I was hearing, not too long ago, was it last week? They said Nigeria today has topped one of you know the countries in terms of you know the quality of education. The quality of education in Nigeria has so dropped. That we we becoming one of the top least educated country. I mean, this this is like a this is like a slap. Nigeria used to be one of the most educated countries in the world. Back then, when you talk about educated, you know, you know, countries, you, you know, continents, you you you, you know, you, you you look at you look at Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe used to be number one in Africa, and then then you'll be looking at Nigeria. You'll be looking at Ghana today. Nigeria is almost nowhere to be found. I mean, I can't remember who was it. The minister was saying they don't have funds to, you know, to, to continue to roll out, you know, uh, uh, you know, education, you know, uh, primary education. I'm saying in a country where there is so much wealth, what is going on with all the money? Well, that's what we're hearing. So, so you can see that something is wrong. Our priorities are wrong. These are the same people that will go to Dubai. They will, they will, they will, you know, they will lavish, you know, you know, money. You know, they they have parties on a yacht, you know, and, and they're there and they're here. And these people, these people no longer know God. So God wiped that generation away, and a new generation was to be raised. A new generation was to be raised. A new generation was to be prepared. And to prepare this new generation that will that will face that will face their first challenge, which is Jericho. The Lord said, No, the first thing I need you to do, Joshua, is to circumcise them. Is that because they were all born in the wilderness? You know, when you're born within an environment of of you know a uh, uh, confusion and and rebellion and disobedience and and you see the way your fathers treated the things of god with levity and with you know with with with, with disdain you know like the sons of, of of eli come on talk to me you see eli was a bad was a bad father he was he, he was a bad influence to his children and this is what this is what the Lord was showing me yesterday. That certain ingrained mindset we have developed, you know, as individuals, as families, as a nation, particularly the nation of America. There's this wrong mindset, belief system that that is expressed in pride, even though that pride is subtle the way it is expressed. No one like us. No one can no one can do it better than us. We have what it takes. And I understand that America is a very successful, you know, advanced nation at all points. But that's not the point. The point is when we begin to depend on what we have built or what we have become, what we have achieved, all right, or who we are, then that itself become, you know, 
a stench to the nostril of God. That itself become a falling to God. And the Bible says, pride goes before a fall. God, God will always humble. In fact, God doesn't humble. He humiliates the pride. The proud, excuse me. So we've got to understand the context of what God is saying. Yes, here is this children that have grown, all right, seeing their father abusing the things of God, misusing the things of God. You know, I posted, you know, a, a, um, a clip that, you know, Kenneth Copeland was being interviewed. This lady was trying to interview him regarding his, you know, you know his, his, his point on the issue of aircraft and you know uh, um, what he said that the people you know in you know why cannot fly you know public aircraft because the people people they are a bunch of demons and all that and so somebody called me you know somebody called me to you know to to you know to to say a man of god um i appreciate what you're doing i mean but but don't you think you should remove you know what what you've posted because um it's, what message would you be passing to, you know, you know, certain people? And I said, for the same reason that you are raising this point is for the same reason I'm I'm putting this, you know, uh, um, material there because I don't want people growing up, young people coming up. There are young ministers. Have you have you noticed that all the young ministers today, everybody wants to go, wants to have a jet? Have you noticed that they also? I mean, I, I met somebody not too long ago, on, you know, in my street here. I used to know him. And he said to me, oh, man of God, I'm, I'm about to finish my Bible school. Now we want to start a mega church. We want to start a mega church. I said, you want to start a mega church? What, what, what informs you? What, what gives you an idea that God wants you to start a mega church? <laughs> I mean, and he was saying this thing so seriously. We want to start a mega church. He said, me and some few other guys, we're coming together. I said, oh God, help me here. So I try to, you know, bring some sense into, 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 into him. But obviously, he's made up his mind. But, but I, I, at the at the point, I had to rebuke him and say, "But you're out of order. This is not how God does things. First of all, do you even have a calling? Secondly, when God called you to build a church, I mean, is there anything like mega church in the Bible? The Bible talk about, you know, God increasing the church, adding to the church such as to be saved. Where do you, so somebody informed him? You see, somebody informed him. What he see, what he hear, the Bushiris of this world. And when they watch TV and they see the Copelands and all these people and all the, you know, TD Jakes and, you know, and so they, they, they want to emulate those people. They want to be like those people. Because ministry today is it's good business. It's good business. And that's why today the war system, they hate the church. They want to shut the church down. That's why you see what is going on in America today. That, you know, you look at, you know, the, the, the battle between the, the you know, the, 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 the Democrats and the Republicans. Can't, can't you see a connotation of, of you know, of, of, of spiritual, you know, battle between this? Because those people supporting, you know, uh, 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 Donald Trump, particularly, you know, you know, my white friends, many of them have got, you know, this idea of how, you know, Christianity must be, must be promoted, must be projected. All right. Uh, and it's from, you know, the, 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 the opposition of, of a privilege. If you look at, if you look at the context of, of the American church is a divided house. 
You've got two orders of Christianity in, in America. You've got, you know, the white concept of Christianity and then you've got the black, you know, uh, uh, you know, concept of philosophy of Christianity. I was, uh, is, the, is Christ divided? Well, Christ is divided where there is racism. Christ is divided where there are prejudice, where there are biases. Once we've got bias, amen, once we allow, amen, our you know, our beliefs, our societal culture and ideology to filter into what the Spirit of the Lord, hallelujah, is, 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 is saying or has given to us, guess what? God hands off. And that's why, you know, somebody like me will continue to speak to these things. All right? Because I'm, I'm going to show you right now, I'm not on anybody's side. I'm not on Donald Trump's side, neither am I on God knows whose side. I'm on God's side. I'm on, I'm on the side of what God, amen, is doing in the nation of America. There is a new generation, amen, of America that needs to be circumcised. And this is what I'm, you know, I'm trying to bring across because this is what the Lord showed me. All right, because many of these guys, all right, have, have learned things from their fathers. All right, uh, somebody says once, once, once you are born into an ideology, amen, of racism, amen, you you perpetuate that spirit, that mindset, all right, within your home, your family. In fact, you don't need to teach people racism. You don't need to teach people about apartheid. You don't need to teach. Teach people, amen, about segregation, about prejudice, all right? If they live in that environment, guess what? They will grow to become prejudiced in their, in their thought pattern, in their mindset, in their belief system. And I think that is what is happening. And we've got to correct that. And if we don't correct that, the kind of things that we want God to do in our nation, we're not going to see it happen. So we've got to speak this into, you know, the context of how we view the things of God. Amen. Our prophetic understanding must not be prejudicial. Amen. Our prophetic, you know, concept must not be biased. All right. We must not prefer one aspect of the scripture. Amen. You know, to the other. When we're dealing with the things of God, there has to be an holistic understanding. There has to be, amen, a total, under, you know, understanding and an eclipse you know, platform, amen, biblical doctrinal platform to interpret what God is doing. So when we're dealing with the issue of either the economy, amen, or, 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 or you know, you know, racism, amen, of immigration, whatever it is, we deal with it, amen, from a biblical point, not from our own idea, ideas and, and, and beliefs or from some, you know, very myopic, narrow down, you know, uh, uh, ideologies that are not speaking, all right, to, to, you know, to the entire counsel of God's word. That is why we've got to go back to Isaiah 11, amen, and allow the seventh spirit of God to guide us, all right, so that when we are dealing with issues, amen, we, we don't bring in the issues of our skin. We don't bring the issues of our pigmentation. We don't bring in the issues of, you know, you know where we're coming from. We don't even bring in the issues of race or, or slavery because these are still issues all right, that are boiling within, you know, the environment of, of, you know, places like America and South Africa. All right. Uh, it's very difficult today that, you know, you, 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 you speak the word of God. Amen. With people that are of different, you know, uh, uh, rakes, all right, that you can challenge certain things, all right. As, as a black man, I'm challenging certain things, all right, that are maybe blind spots to the, you know, to to a white American. It can even be a prophet. I mean, they're gonna take, they're gonna take you on that. They're gonna challenge you, and that's what I'm seeing. I'm saying, but come on, don't. I mean, don't we have the same scripture? Don't we have the same Bible? You see, we can share the same this, this, the, the same Bible, but our interpretation is the issue. 
as long as we believe that there are places in the word of God that that made certain people amen more important more you know more blessed you know somebody was you know look we're looking at this concept of Esau and 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 Jacob, you know, sometimes, I mean, yes, Jacob took the blessing of his brother, but guess what? As time proceeds, as time proceeds, God did what? God bless Esau. To the point where Jacob was trying to make up with his brother, coming with all this blessing, coming with all, Esau said, sorry. I'm already blessed. I've got more than enough. You thought you could run with my identity. You thought you could run with my, you know, with, 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 with my birthright. I made a mistake, but you took advantage. Guess what? You took advantage. And that's a powerful principle we've got to look at. You took advantage. But guess what? Today, the yoke is broken from my neck because I've learned to, to depend and to wait on God to, you know, to grow within the presence of God. I have increased in an anointing such that that anointing has broken, has destroyed the yoke. I'm blessed. I don't need anything from you. As a context. But certain people are still running with that ideology and say, oh, well, certain part of the nation, certain part of, you know, of, of you know, of, of the human race are cursed, you know, there's no, there's no, check the word, check the scripture, read the scripture. There's no, there's no cursed nation. There's no, listen, America came up with this concept of, you know, the, the you know, the sheep nation, the, the goat nation. Where, where in the world did you see sheep and goat nation? Our character, amen, is what defines if we're going to be sheep, amen, or we're going to be goats. God doesn't, God, God, God doesn't look at one nation and say, uh, Saudi Arabia, you are goats. <laughs> because you're blind. We say, well, because when you look at Saudi Arabia, you only say, oh, that, that's an Islamic nation. So they all must die. We must bomb them all. You made a mistake because within that nation, there are powerful apostolic prophetic people there that God is using. God said, if I find five, for five, I will not destroy the land. For ten, I will not destroy the land. You see, these are all ingrained mindsets that we've got to deal with. And that's why, amen, they are being called to be circumcised. Circumcision opens up who we are. It opens our inner man. It opens our inner life. Amen. They deal with the very core. Yes, yes. They deal with the deep issues. That's what circumcision is. They deal with, they deal with the core, the, the real issue, not the, not the surface. Don't tell me, oh, I've repented. No, no. The repentance must touch your core. Your values. The good circumcision will expose the blind spots. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Friends, are you following me? Are you enjoying this? Because I'm enjoying this. This is Saturday morning. Getting a download from heaven. This is beautiful. Our mindset has to be, you know, be circumcised. I don't want to think like a Nigerian. I don't want to think like a South African. I don't want to think like a, an American. I want to think like Christ. In every given situation. I love the nations of the world. But I hate individuals that... That 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 stands against justice, that 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 promotes corruption and iniquity. I'm not going to bow to them. 
So it's important that we understand. So, so here is what the Lord is doing. Maybe I should just quickly jump to the, some points because of uh, because of time. In fact, I wanted to read the whole Joshua chapter five, but but let's jump to this point. So before we get to this point that I want to highlight in chapter thirteen and chapter fourteen, you see the idea of circumcision. Why? Well, because God was going to take them, all right, into a battle called the Battle of Jericho. <laughs> and this battle, all right, that God is going to take them into, first of all, the Bible says they need to be circumcised. But secondly, the battle is not even theirs. They will, go be, they will be there physically, but they will not fight physically. In other words, God is saying, I'm, I want to bring you into a, an order. I want to bring you into a position where I'm going to teach you how I, how I war, how I fight. Hallelujah. Using your obedience. You're going to do something. You're going to get the priest. All right. And they're going to carry, amen, the ark that represents my presence. And they will take that ark, amen, and just march around Jericho seven, seven times, seven days. All right. All right, and at the and at the last day, all right, you will get the same priest with a trumpet in their mouth, all right, and they will blow the trumpet, and when you hear the trumpet, you're gonna shout, and when you shout, the walls are gonna come down. You've got to understand that God is an intelligent God. I think sometimes when we deal with God, we we we, we deal with Him as if this God is not intelligent. This God is just there. He's just doing His own thing. All right. Oh, I've got a lot of people following. Ah, okay. okay. Thank you, guys. All right. So, we've got to understand that God is an intelligent God. So, if if we try to understand or try to interact with God, amen, with our own myopic, with our own you know, prejudicial mindset or beliefs, we come into God, you know, with a mindset that we have developed, you know, as a Nigerian. There's a way a Nigerian behave, very loud, right? Very colorful. <laughs> you know, everything has to be. Mm, you, you, you people have to see it. You, you see the way our, our women dress. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you, you've got to understand that everything has got its timing. As the seasons of God change upon us, we also need to begin to change, amen, uh, how we interact and how we see things and how we engage so that we, we don't allow, amen, our blind spot and our tradition to hinder the next seasons of God in our life. They said this is not the time to collect money. Yes, this is not the time to collect money. He said, he said, he said, was my eyes not with you? There's a time for everything. We've got to understand that when the seasons of God changes, we have to be baptized into a, a, a period of circumcision. And that circumcision, amen, will, 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 will play out, will pan out in every area of our life. Circumcision is to deal with, all right, the inner cause, the, the value system of our life, the way we build, the way we, the way we see things, the, the way we believe, the way we engage. All right, the way we, 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 we see people, the way we see nations. All right, so I can talk about this thing because this, this is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to me. All right, America would not move into the next prophetic council of God, amen, for their life if they don't come into a day of circumcision. So, if, if you have friends in America, give them this word. This is the word of the Lord for America, for the nation of America. 
But not just America, we're looking at four nations, you know, United Kingdom, we're looking at Nigeria, we're looking at South Africa. These nations must be circumcised. Their heart must be circumcised. Because certain things, amen, have, have been, have been, have been perpetuated that have become almost like a second nature. Certain things have been ingrained into the mindset of these people to the point that they can't move to the next season of God except they are circumcised. And I like a scripture. I'm going to read that scripture very soon. The Bible says they have to wait for a period of healing. Because circumcision is going to bring pain. Circumcision, amen, is to unstrung you, is to crush your pride. You know? When men are circumcised, they, they can't run around. You, you, you can't jump. <laughs> you can't jump around. Amen. At some time, you can't even produce. You have to wait. You cut you with a knife. Circumcision, amen, is a type of blood covenant. Is a position of coming into covenant with God. Because you can't come into covenant with God if you're not circumcised. Oh, today we say, oh, America, the God's own nation. That was then. If that, if that word must carry life today, it has to be renewed on the altar of circumcision with a sharp knife. The same with South Africa. If South Africa must come into a day of fulfilling a prophetic destiny, this nation must be circumcised. Or else God will kill all our leaders. You've got to understand that the counsel of God is bigger than a group, is bigger than a party system, and is bigger than a nation. God is, God is never in a hurry. Look at what we read. After a long period, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. God watches over his word to perform. His word, amen, is like a rain. Once it's released, it must hit the ground. And once it hit the ground, it will produce. So, within the midst of this spiritual parallels and paradox, We've got to understand, amen, the intentions of God for our life. You see, as God continues to speak to us in terms of what he is doing globally, nationally, we have to find solace within the concept of his speaking. Because that is where we're going to find safety. Like I said, our safety is not running away. Oh, yeah. I mean, things are very difficult now in South Africa. Talk about economic-wise. Things are, things are difficult. I mean, the electricity has skyrocketed. I mean, Lord Jesus. Things are very expensive. People are talking, you mean, I mean, I've seen it. I know that. But, you know, these are things that has been forthcoming. We, we know these things you know, about to happen. I mean, look at what is going on right now. I mean, with, with, with the former president, you know, being invited to come give his own, you know, side of the story of what, what happened, you know, during, you know, his, his leadership under his watch that the nation was, you know, almost being captured by just a group, but just a family. Only for him to drop a bombshell yesterday. He's no longer interested. Well, thank God for a man that I respect so much, you know, the deputy chief justice. Thank God for, you know, one thing I've seen and I've learned about the mercy of God in this nation. Sometimes you want to look for the mercy of God. Don't look around, okay, the, the ordinary, you know, you know, Jones and, and Sally out there. You know, just look for it among the leaders. Particularly, you look at the chief justice of this nation. You look at it, the deputy chief justice. I mean, you talk about the power of constraint and restraint. I mean, 
I say to myself, if I, if I am the deputy chief justice, and I, I mean, and this, you know, councils of you know the former president talking to me as if they are trying to lecture me. I mean, I put them where they are. I'll immediately just, but but then I understand what it takes to be a deputy chief justice. Even if you want to speak, you're constrained. You cannot speak because you've got to consider. Every, everything that man does his mannerism, his approach you know, his facial expression everything is a message to the nation and I'm saying, Isaiah, learn, learn learn, watch and learn <laughs> watch and learn and I'm seeing you know, this man smiling and giving them the opportunity giving them every you know, you know, the, you know every benefit of doubt now he says, okay, I'm going to call the, you know, the two counselors into my, into my chamber. When they came out, you see, he, he came out from the chamber and said, oh, I've made my decision. We've, we've, we've finalized this thing. The, 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 you know, the former uh, president will come back. He will continue to cooperate. But before he said that, uh, leadership when the when the when the uh, you know the, the the you know the lawyers of the former president were you know were trying to pass you know some uh, uh, words that are not accurate about the issue of them not getting you know the letters they're not getting some correspondence and and the deputy and the deputy chief justice says well if you want to blame anybody blame me i am the one i approve the letter i you see this man taking responsibility. I said, God, if we can have people like this in, in key areas of the nation, we we are we ready, we ready. But he said that, that's our cry, that's what we're looking for, that's why we are that's what we are praying for, that's why we're doing what we're doing. That God will continue to uphold men like that because they are the one guiding us, they are the guidance of the gate of this nation, and that's why there is still hope for our nation, South Africa, amen. And if we can have that. I mean, if you look at what is happening in, in Nigeria, in Nigeria compared to South Africa in terms of even the, the you know the area of justice in Nigeria, it's like almost the justice system has almost been captured, and that's an area we've got to pray against. But in South Africa, we still have people that are standing. I mean, the key people in in in, in the in the position of leadership, in the position of justice. So I thank God for that. So, so looking at all this, it tells us that there is hope, okay? But there is a generation. My, my, my point this morning is there is a generation that God is raising up that is going to take over from their fathers. The fathers that have refused to believe and refused to obey and refuse. Because if you look at this generation that is rising up, it's almost like they're also being crippled. It's, it's like almost like they, 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 they just don't care. They don't well they, they just have this attitude of well i don't i don't bother all right and if they don't bother the ones that bother all right they go for the the, the effs and they just want to be crazy and they just want to disrupt things and i mean how do you give power and leadership to people who don't even understand how to manage their homes that speaks so much to you know the, what, what is going to happen in our nation we've got to be very careful and be weary about this <laughs> Let's continue. So, the concept of circumcision led to the point, all right, of uh, um,
Yes. In fact, if if I read chapter chapter after the circumcision, let me quickly read chapter nine. Then the Lord said to Joshua, "Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you." So the place was called Gilgal to this day. On the evening of the fourteenth day of the month, while camp at Gilgal on the plain of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. You see, they celebrated the Passover. This is after the circumcision. Then the Lord says, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt. What is the reproach of Egypt? Bondage, slavery, servitude, limitation, inability to break into the new realities of God. At this point, Egypt has become a philosophy, you know, a system within the minds of the people. So God said, all right, the people that came out, remember these guys were born in the wilderness. They were not born in Egypt. They were born in the wilderness. They were born in the wilderness. You know, the people here in South Africa, they were called born free. Ah, no, no, you're not free yet. <laughs> There's nothing like that yet. There's nothing like that yet because the, the, the spirit of apartheid, the spirit of racism, the spirit right, of corruption, Alright, as passed from one generation to another, it's a spirit. So God is giving Amen Joshua the technology of how to break that thing, of how to severe that thing, Amen, from the next generation. He said, for, for us to do this, Amen, there has to be a covenant. But the covenant has to be through what? Circumcision. And I'm saying that what God is saying right now is we have to believe God, Amen, for a spiritual circumcision, Amen, of the nation. Of the nation of South Africa, of the nation of Nigeria, of the nation of, of United States of America, of, of the United Kingdom, and, and the rest of the world. I'm not leaving any nation behind, but we're focusing on this, you know, fucking nation because of their impact and influence in society. All right? Because whatever you, you birth within the structure of this nation, all right, it can spread like wildfire to any part of the world. I'm talking about both Nigeria, United Kingdom, amen. I mean, they have the capacity to just multiply things. Amen. In in tens and in, in hundred folds, if you will, a thousand fold. So if it's good, it will spread. I mean, I'm a product of Nigeria. I wasn't born in any other country. I'm a product of Nigeria. I'm a, I love my country. That country birthed me. I mean, I'm a prophet to the nation. And there's nothing anybody can do about that. I'm a prophet to the nation. Send and power by the Spirit of God. Born in Nigeria, walk through, amen, the length and breadth of that land, of that nation, amen. In that nation, seen the hand of God. In that nation, I heard the voice of God. In that nation, I saw the heaven open. In that nation, we did great things for God. So that nation, amen, is my foundation, is, is my structure, is the template, the ship, that which today I'm able to do. And I owe that nation. And I know great things. Are still before that nation, but I will continue to highlight and point at those who have really destroyed or sought to destroy the structure, the prophetic purpose of God for that land. We'll still we'll continue to engage them. And I say certain things, and people don't like it, they don't have to like it. That's why I'm a prophet. I don't speak for people to like it. And I told people, I said, hey, don't you understand where the problem of Nigeria began? It began with Archbishop Benson Idahosa. And he said, no, no, you don't. Know, I, I honor the man for great things that he has done. But guess what? That man brought 
an opening of destruction in terms of spiritual perversion and wickedness to you know to Nigeria. Yes, Archbishop Benson Idaosa. Because I know things that people don't know. I've seen things that people have not seen. I went to his school. I went to his Bible school. I, God allowed me to see certain things. And I'm not saying this out of, you know, out of, you know, revenge. Or not. It's nothing to revenge. But I'm just a prophet doing my prophetic work. That's what the prophet does. He highlights, amen, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's what the prophet does. This, this, is, this is wrong. That is wrong. Amen. That doesn't mean that, you know, I hate. No, I don't hate him. I don't hate the man. But I'm saying he was a portal. When the enemy wants to enter into any society, he looks for a gate. He looks for a weak link. And the overt, you know, preaching of prosperity to the point that the man became a demigod was an opening. It was just an opening for the devil to infiltrate the Nigerian church in terms of the charismatic church. If you're searching for truth, you can go find out. Every nation that the enemy had been able to establish in a, you know, a system of wickedness and corruption, look for the gate. If you can find the gate, then you can shut the gate. That's why if you're going to be rebuilding nation, we cannot start by just start building temple. We have to start building, start building in a, the walls and the gates. The walls that are pulled down, the gates that are burnt. These are two powerful prophetic you know, symbols that defines amen, the restoration and the security of a nation. That's why I believe that when Donald Trump said, no, we want to, build a, want to rebuild a wall. I, I agree with him because that is not just a physical wall. Amen? It represents something. That wall represents something in the spirit. No nation, no nation in the world. We say, okay, let their walls be pulled down. Let everybody just flood in. No, no nation in the world, no matter how poor they are. So why would some group say, no, no, we don't, we, we don't like this idea of Trump building a wall? No. America has always had a wall. But he's saying, no, we need to reinforce the wall. And if people want to come into America, let them come to the right point. Is that not so? Yes, because that is just the natural law. That is just the law of immigration. You come through, amen, the, the, you know, the right, the right door. You don't come through the back door. Amen. You don't sneak in. The Bible says if you're sneaking, you're a thief. All right. If he has any other agenda beyond that which I know, well, that's his own issue. But I'm saying, if we're interpreting things, we've got to interpret things based on this on the scripture. And I'm not saying that everything Donald Trump has done is right. But I'm saying, with the idea of rebuilding walls, is important because the wall defines something. Every nation has got walls. All right. Europe said, "Okay, we don't want walls. Look at what is happening right now." Everything they stand for is collapsing. This last election they had, it was a tug of war. They could not make up their mind who is going to be the leader. Yes, that thing has cracked. God is, God is shaking the foundation of many, many generations. He's shaking every ideology, every belief system that man wants to use to, rep to replace the things of God, the ideas of God, the counsel of God, amen, the order of society. God is pulling them down. There's going to be a wind. There's going to be a shaking. There's going to be an earthquake. It's coming. I told you, you know, some time ago, the earthquake, the last earthquake that happened in California, that is still small. A bigger one is coming. God is speaking. God speaks through earthquake. He speaks through flood. He speaks through wind. He speaks through fire. 
Let nobody fool us. Let's not live in a day where we're so we're so sensual that we're no longer spiritual. That everything that we see in the natural, uh, we just say, well, it's just the weather, you know, you know, it's just. Uh, 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 yes, I know that the weather has gone crazy. I know that we live in a day where there's something called climate change. And e- even if um, Donald Trump doesn't believe in it, that doesn't mean that there's no climate change. We can see. We can see, amen, the ocean rise. We can see flood everywhere. We see it. It's, it's real. So he can live in denial and say, well, there's no climate change. There is climate change. But guess what? Guess what? God is using climate change to even speak to us. Let's, let's let's understand. Come on, you see, that's what I'm saying. We've got to remove amen, our our bias spectacle. We've got to remove that thing. We've got to remove amen, that idea of well, this is what I want to see. I see this, but I don't want to see it. You, you can't live in that denial. No, no, no. We pray and God shake everything that can be shaken. And so God said, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. God is going to roll that re- report, reproach, but it's going to start by what? By circumcision. Joshua circumcised the people. Because all these people, all right, that you see today that I'm going to take to the next reality of my purpose, amen. They were all born in the wilderness. If you're born in the wilderness, you need circumcision. That's why today I'm teaching my children about certain things. About certain things, how to pray, and I'm teaching them because they're born in the wilderness. Some of us are born in the wilderness. If you're born in the wilderness, you it is your it is your duty to teach the generation. That's why you've got young people today, particularly here in South Africa. I, I meet some of them online, you know, and they just cha 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 apostolic, prophetic, but they have no basis, they have no foundation. They have no foundation because they've not been taught. They've not been taught the songs of the bow. They have not been taught the principles of, you know, discipleship. They have no basic. They, they don't have the, you know, the basic fundamentals that should establish them. They don't have it. So they're just like, you know, birds that carries a seed from here and take it there. All right. They have no capacity to bud the seed, to bring the seed to life. Some of them are like parrots. They just hear what some apostle is saying. Blah, 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 ah, they carry it. They, they, they just go pop, 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 apostolic. And I'm like, come on. Because you can see they're shallow. And some of them will even try to challenge you. I'm not here to challenge nobody. I'm here to train. I'm here to empower and build people. And, and get them ready for God, what God wants to use them for. And not run with some head knowledge. And not run with some idea that you think, you know, because you can say certain things eloquently. You think suddenly you've become an apostle. Shut up. Go throw the, the, the title away and sit down and learn. Because I tell you, in the day where you're supposed to be facing the Ataliers and the Jezebel, ah, you're going to... You're gonna be running. <laughs> You're gonna be running. Even though, even them, amen, that are, that are veteran in the apostolic and in the prophetic, when Jezebel appear, <laughs> they still run. This day, I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt. So they call the place Gilgal. It's called the place of circumcision. Gilgal is a place of circumcision. The Bible says. Verse 11 of Joshua chapter chapter 5. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land. 
Can you see the technology of coming into what? Economic stability. We've got to understand that the next generation God is going to use to take, you know, the prophetic order of God into the next order will be those, amen, who have gone through circumcision. They've gone through circumcision, amen. The, the reproach of Egypt is rolled away. They have new identity. You see, when the reproach of Egypt is rolled out, you've got new identity, new capacity. I can stand anywhere and speak because the Lord, amen, has given me grace and capacity to speak. And that's why we're speaking to the nations. We're speaking, amen, because, amen, we've seen these things in the word of God. So we can declare this thing. This is thus here the Lord. The Bible says the day after the Passover, they ate of the produce of the land. Which land? The new land God, is, God brought them into. The Bible says they ate unleavened bread and roasted grain. They moved from manna to the produce of the land. Listen to this, verse 12. The manna stopped. I like the one that says ceased. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any man. Excuse me, there was no longer any manna for the Israelite. But that year, they ate of the produce of the land of Canaan. Wow. Now let me move to why I have called this meeting this morning, this gathering. Verse 13, Bible says, Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword. In his hand, Joshua went up to him and asked him, Are you for us? Are you for us? Or for our adversary or for our enemy? <laughs> and it's amazing how the Lord began to highlight this point yesterday to my spirit. As Joshua and looking looking at Jericho because now this guy is strategizing how you know they're gonna take Jericho. Remember, God already established a new covenant with them. And so here's a man standing, the Bible says, with a drawn sword in his hand. Is a man the Bible call him, <laughs> and Joshua approached this man <clears throat> and said, Are you for us or against us? Are you for us or you're for our adversary? Are you on the side of our enemy or are you for us? And I can imagine this man says, Neither. What do you mean, neither? You're not for us, and you're not for them, so who are you for? <laughs> Hello, friends. This is the narrative that we've been promoting for decades, if not centuries. A, 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 a narrative of 
either for us or against us. And that has continued to weaken our ability to step into an advanced reality of God's prophetic intentions and activity or objective for a day. Because within our mindset, we've not been able to shift from, a, from an ideology of partism. God is, God is not a Republican and God is not a Democrat. God doesn't play the politics of ANC or EFF or DA or FF plus, whatever they call them. God's prophetic agenda is the manifestation of the redemption of his creation. And this is where it's important that a true prophet are able to speak into some of the things that may look so complex because the world that we live in, in amen, is designed by divided rule. I mean, apartheid itself is a definition of divided rule. Divide to rule them. Because that is the easiest way, amen, the Jezebels of this world, the powers of this world, are able to control. Not just people, but their minerals, but their resources. They create, amen, a sense of in a war and divisions. You fight against yourself. And so that is the mindset that a lot of people, I mean, I can remember when I came to this nation, a lot of, I mean, I had a lot of challenge, a lot of challenge because of my skin. And secondly, because of where I came from. And until today, it's still a reality. But it's just that I think I've developed a tough skin that I don't even look at those things again. They don't even bother me. And these are from people who you would think should understand. These are supposed to be Christians. Some of them are men of God. And they would, they would challenge you. I mean, I can remember when I finally moved to, you know, Western Cape, where we are now in, 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 in Franschuk. I joined this fellowship of you know Christians that pray and meet Wednesday Wednesday morning in, a, in an hotel and they, they're supposed to be praying for the community and you know and many of them are just white people few you know colors and you know maybe one or two blacks and so I mean with my zeal and passion Wanting to help, so I've got uh, because because that's what the Bible says. If you come into a community, you must go through all right those that are there. You look for the people that you know are supposed to be, you know, get the gatekeepers. They're supposed to be peacemakers. So I assume that all oh, those people, wow, believers, okay. And I've, you know, in their meeting, you pray. Everybody pray. So they've heard me pray. They've had me, you know, share one or two things. I didn't know that what I was saying and some of the things I've said had created a sense of insecurity. So this particular pastor who is supposed to be well known in the community 
is, is the go in between, you know, from if the whites are going to do anything among the colors, you know, they go through him because they're building this big building. So he thinks, you know, he's the gatekeeper. So I try to befriend him, but there was no just way in around. <laughs> so one of those days I came to, you know, the meeting and I was like, okay, these are the things I really want to do to help the community. We've tried this before. All right, it, and it has worked. So, and one of the white guys, and I mean, this guy must be in his sixties back then. I mean, this is not just some. He got up as much as, and I, and I say it in appreciation of some of the some of the white guys there. They they really love my idea and the things that he might. But this guy stood up and said, "Isaiah, we don't know you. We don't know where you come from." But we, we are not interested. It just said it there. These are supposed to be Christian. So, so, so the point that I'm making is. These are Christians. But the, the, the mindset of apartheid. Is still very much there. In America. The mindset of racism. Is still there. And it plays out. In, in day-to-day life. In the way you see people. You, you meet a black person. You know. On, 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 on the road. And suddenly you have this sense of. Maybe it's going gonna, it's gonna to harm me. You know. Or you look down at him. He's nothing. And that's why you see. You see our, you know, our, 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 you know, our black community in America. They live in that overt expression. Of, you know, of, of, you know, of, of who they are in terms of, you know, their money. So many of them will go into spots and, and make it and, you know, and have money. They must make an impression. Those who are into music and they make it, they must make an impression to the point where their entertainment is a statement that I can be better than you. So they're actually not living their life. They're forever living in that ideology of trying to make an impression. And that's why they cannot keep up. At the end of the day, they collapse. Their homes get broken. Their family gets destroyed. They, 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 they end up being dysfunctional. Because, because they have not come, first of all, to accept who they are. Secondly, you know, they have not come to believe that just live your life the way you need to live it. And not try to impress anybody because it's it, the culture. It's about we, you know, the white says we're better than you. You, you, you came here to serve us, and the white and the blacks are now saying no. But we, we have grown, we've matured, we, we've come of age, and, and and so those that are very intellectual, we use their, we use that, you know, uh, uh, intellectual capacity to make a point. Is like is that becomes a weapon against the other side all right and, and and those that have made it in in the place of spot everything they do becomes all right a statement to the opposite side so there's this ever increasing civil war going on and the same thing that is happening in south africa it it, it is it is the colors against against the blacks and it's the it's the black against the whites 
the, the, the colors are forever trying to make impression that that we, we we're better of the blacks and the blacks are forever challenging the whites so so you see this vicious circle of trying to impress and the more you do that the more you empower the devil to perpetuate his evil these are powerful blind spots Just be all you can be and live your life the way God will have you live it and not try to impress anybody. Because you cannot, you cannot sustain that thing. Metal pastor who told me, I want to build the biggest, the biggest auditorium so that I can, you know, be going around and be telling people, you know, what we're doing and then you can just be there and be helping us you know, to teach. I said, well, the Lord has not called me into this. You see, I don't live my life to impress people. And today, indeed, he's built a, well, not the biggest auditorium, but he's built something very impressive. Impre- impressive. You see, if I'm looking for a platform, I'll be running to people like him. Because he respects the grace of God in my life. No, but I ran from him. We've got to understand what the Spirit of the Lord is calling us into. See, there are ingrained realities that are blind spots in our life. As as women, ah, that one I'm going to be dealing with. That there's a narrative that says there's a way we must present ourselves as women. Because we must always present ourselves in a position where we're trying to prove a point that we're better. You know, not, not not even equal to men that we're even better than them. So this 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 feminist spirit has, has almost destroyed the life of women that they can't even enjoy their life again because everything they do is to make an impression that they are better than men. And this is what the devil wants. See, I, I told you the plan of the enemy from the beginning is divide and rule. So you see where you know the wife is trying to prove that she's better than the, than, than the husband and the husband is saying but but i'm i'm the boss i'm the chief <laughs> i'm the boss you don't know and, and, and at the end of the day what happened you go your way that is the reason why amen 90 98% of marriages in this nation are shattered because one there is no longer honor there's no respect there's no dignity there's no mutual you know, submission and understanding of the prophetic intentions of God, even for the marriage. It's the same thing we see even among the children, the youths. Because the form they buy must be to impress somebody, must be to make a point. Everything is about, you see, and that is the expression of what? Of the flesh. This is the reason why God says, no, these people must be circumcised. Because when you're circumcised, your true life, the true man, the true you comes out and the old one dies. The old skin is removed. A new skin comes out. The new life in you comes out. And as, as they approach this order, the, the very leader that God, amen, is using to bring this activity this prophetic activity to form he himself 
was found wanting. Joshua, the Bible says, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword. So immediately we think, ah, this guy is, he must be for us. Joshua went up and asked him, are you for us of our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. Listen to this. But as the army of the commander of the Lord of hosts, I have come. Full stop. I thought he's, he's going to say, I have come to save you. <laughs> he says, but I have come. Full stop. As the commander of the army of the Lord of hosts, I have come. The man did not say, I've come to help you. Or I've come to kill them. He said, but I have come I've, as the commander of the... I mean, we know that this is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has always been there. He just have different names that he, you know, he, he wears and different ways of manifesting himself. The same principle the devil applies. The same principle, all right? The same principle. I, I'm going to be sharing on this when I deal with, you know, uh, uh, um, the, the, you know the spirit of Jezebel. Is the same spirit, but this devil manifests himself, amen, based on what he wants to achieve within a society, within a community, amen. He he he, he reveals or he attacks in a in a peculiar way, all right. The same spirit, all right, that was in the in, in the Philistines that manifests through you know through Goliath of Gath is the same spirit, the same devil, amen, that manifests himself as a woman through the woman called Jezebel, is the same spirit. The same spirit that manifests itself, amen, as, as Pharaoh, amen, in Egypt that enslaved the, is the same spirit, is the same devil, but manifesting itself in different dimensions. You pick that from Christ. Because you see Jesus manifest himself in different points, a different area, amen, in the Old Testament, in different names, amen, but is the same God. See, the, the devil has nothing new. Everything you see the devil does, amen, is a counterfeit. Neither, he replied, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. Then Joshua fell down to his face. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence, you see. And asked, what message does my Lord have for his servant? Amazing. This is a point of sight. This is a point of sight. If this man never opened his mouth, Joshua would have continued to rake. Because he was, he, was, he was already prejudiced by the way this man dressed, by the way this man looked. Many of us, how many times have you looked at somebody and there's this, there's this impression, this first impression. And then the person opened his or mouth and it's like, uh oh, I shouldn't have said what I've said. We need to develop capacity for discernment. Like I said, some people that I know way back, 20, 30 years ago, they want to relate with me. From that same point, that position, they knew me. And some I just ignore them. Some I literally rebuke them. The ones that I feel I need to rebuke, I rebuke. Some I just ignore them because they, they don't have understanding. Because these are people that you think that are growing and are maturing the things of God, but sorry, they don't have it. So, when this man opened his mouth, 
we see a, a change of posture. Bible says then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked. This should, this should have been what you know Joshua should have done. I mean, when this man is standing, he should have just said, Sir, what, what are you doing here? Or what, you know, I mean, not the question is, are you for us or against us? He's so captured, he's so overwhelmed by the issue that you know was before him to the point that he no longer could discern. And that's the point that I'm making. We can be so captured by our environment, by what is happening, by what we have achieved, that we 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 we, we project ignorance. We project ignorance. You know, was it two weeks ago, last week? I was outside with my wife. My wife likes to plant, you know, all sorts of things. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not that kind of I love to admire what she's planted so, but at the end of the day I'm dragging to it so she called me to come dig a hole you know so she could plant this new rose that she's got and I'm grumbling but I'm doing the job <laughs> so here's a cat that parked in front of our in front of the house now mind you I'm black she's colored <laughs> <laughs> and that happens many times. Now I'm digging, I'm digging, I'm digging, you know. And this car parked in front of our in front of our house. And so I greeted this man, you know, because he came out just a courtesy. No, 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 no. The man parked. He was coming back. He went to see my neighbors. He just, you know. Uh, across the road to, to our side. So he's looking at us. So I greeted him. And the way he greeted me, you know, is like, okay, this is just a gardener walking. You know, so I tried to greet, you know, he just greeted me the same way again. So I laughed. So I called my wife and said, you see, this man assumed that I'm your gardener. Well, <laughs> so my wife started laughing. But you see, that's the prejudice, the, the, the prejudice, the prejudice that I'm talking about. That because he saw the way I was looking, obviously I'm black because most black guys are the one doing the garden, you know. So he looked at me and like, oh, this guy is nothing. Just uh. we can we can we can make mistake because we don't see things from a spiritual point, from you know, from a more mature point. We can look at things. And conclude. And our conclusion can be so wrong. And even if I'm a god. I mean. What's stopping you from greeting me properly? Is it the point that I'm making? Now this is not just something that impacts us. On a very low level. But it impacts us even from a national level. And we need to begin to deal with this thing. You need to look into your own life and begin to ask yourself, am I being controlled by my blind spot? Because the opposite of blind spot is advanced prophetic sight. Advanced prophetic sight. You have sight into people, life, situation, condition, circumstance, regardless of how 
positive or negative they may come. You don't deal with it from your own human limited kind of point. You deal with it from a spiritual. Because when I say deal with it from a spiritual, because your spiritual has got information. Your spirit, your spirit is like a computer. You know, a computer with a with with the fastest gigabytes. That's the way I can explain it. Now, when your spirit sees something, immediately your spirit can give you the right answer. But if you're not a spiritual person, you allow your soul to hijack the moment, the situation. Your soul was, was, will misinterpret the situation. You can look at things and begin to, or look at people or circumstance. And I mean, and that's something that I have done. I've learned to do it and I'm still doing it. That when I look at things, immediately somebody walk up to me or I'm meeting somebody for the first time. Immediately in my spirit, I'm trying to pick who they are in the spirit. And because every person has got a spirit. You know, when you walk and meet people, don't relate to what you see. Relate to who they are on the inside. And if you can connect with them on the inside, I tell you, you will leave them happy. You will leave them blessed. And even if they are negative to you, you would have dropped a seed that will make them to go and, and think and change. Even online. Somebody can be so negative to you online. Don't, don't, don't try to be negative to the person. You've got to see why that person is being negative. Some people just need a place to vent their anger and their, you know. Let me read my note and then I'll be done. When Joshua saw this man standing, he immediately placed a presumptive expectation on this stranger without allowing the man to introduce himself. And this is the unfortunate stand and view many Christians have chosen to see and approach the many complex issues we are faced with today. We must be cautious that we do not continue to promote the narrative of God is for us and is against them. Joshua was... Joshua was taught a good, a good lesson that Jehovah is not a politician. God is neither a Republican nor is he a Democrat. The God of, the God of America is likewise the God of the rest of the world. And he's not on, on the side of our religious or political you know, side. Neither is he biased. He maintains his position of neutrality. Listen to this. God maintained his position of neutrality in his redemptive purpose for all creation. It is us. Listen to this. It is us that must align our belief, motives, and agenda to God's standard. For us to precisely see and appreciate the deliverance and methodology of the Father for our nation and generation, we must come to a place of circumcision. That's what I've been talking about. The Lord of us wants to remove the reproach of our nation, including that of the United States of America, Nigeria, South Africa, and the remaining part of the world. But it will not be done. Now, this is important, but it will not be done on some charismatic belief or manipulations of intervention. It will not be done. God wants to remove our reproach. Amen. God wants to remove the reproach of our nation, of, our, of America, of you know the rest of the world. But it will not be done on some charismatic belief or manipulative intervention. We cannot manipulate the things of God. We cannot, you know, twist the hand of God. Amen. We cannot use, you know, soulish prayer. 
all right, to twist the things of the spirit. No, we've got to have an open heart. Listen to this. Heart must be brought to God in sincere repentance from our blind spot, religious prejudice, our ingrained superior complex attitudes. Pride must come down and humility must be exalted and, and be allowed to flow like a river. Starting from the heart, amen. Starting from the heart of the head of the state to the ordinary Jones on the street. Everyone needs to be circumcised by heart as we approach the battle of Jericho. The battle of Jericho is important. The battle will only be won through the power of obedience and the presence of God. The priest must now take their place as they under as they excuse me as they undress themselves from the spirit of pride and arrogance that has kept them blind and crippled it's time to be redressed and bear the government of the nation upon our shoulder as we carry the presence of god the governing authority that will bring healing to the nation of america south africa nigeria and the rest of the world united kingdom must flow from the shoulder of them that have perfected the sacred call of carrying the ark of God's presence. Amen. It's an amazing. If you want to um, get a full, well, I've almost finished it. In fact, I've almost finished reading it, but if you want to read this again, you can find it on my um on my timeline on Facebook, or you can check my, you know, my website, pottersgate.org. You can find there. Hallelujah. What a word. Father, we thank you. I just thank you for the life of all these wonderful men and women, oh God, that have taken time to listen to these words that are strong. Yeah, these are strong meat, but we need this meat for the days that we live in, oh Father. We need to bring ourselves to correction. Your word says, iron sharpen iron. Sometimes we need to highlight and sometimes even mention names so that we don't make the same mistake. That's why we have the word, the word. I mean, you mention the names of certain people who made mistakes so that we don't make their mistake. So, Father, help us to understand that what we are doing is not to uh, to 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 pull down somebody else or to no but we want to understand your ways if we don't see the mistake of Moses how would you understand how to correct ourselves not to veil ourselves in the day where the glory of the former has passed so father we thank you I thank you for all the great men of God those watching me Lord from UK from you know from Nigeria here in South Africa just thank you, appreciate you, God. They they could be using their time this morning to do other things, but Lord, they're connecting, they're hearing, they're listening. I do not take this for granted, no, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus that this time that they have spent, oh God, listening and and and, and connecting with me, oh God, every one of them, that in fact, Lord, you will continue to take them into this new reality of divine circumcision, of div div divine, oh God, covenant, oh God, as you bring us, as you bring our nation, as you bring our homes, our family, our lives, oh God, to a new day, where, oh God, the manna ceases and we eat of the produce of the land. Thank you, Father, for capacity to walk in the economy of your kingdom so that we can begin to, yes, Father, bring in 
every other thing that will make for the advancement of your intention within society. We thank you. We bless your name this day, oh God. For this is not by might, it's not by power, but by your spirit. And we do appreciate you for this. Thank you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Well, really want to appreciate everybody this morning. Thank you so much for connecting with me. Wow, it's past 10. I can't believe this. Wow. We've almost done two hours. Wow. <laughs> well, I slept late yesterday. In fact, I slept around to three from the mistaken early hours today because of the things that I'm doing. But um, once it's past six, my spirit like, no, you need to go. You need to just share some of the things the Lord is, you know, dropping in your spirit with the people and let them be a blessing to others. So I really thank God that his grace and his strength had enabled me to come and share this word with you. Please continue to look at uh, what God is saying in Joshua chapter 5. Beautiful word. And we continue to give thanks to God. Amen. For his good pleasure. I appreciate every one of you. Uh, Pastor Aki, thank you so very much. I really appreciate your, your grace and the call of God upon your life. Thank you. The same man of God, Pastor Dewale. I really, really do appreciate your commitment. May God continue to empower and strengthen you all. Sister Myrtle, thank you. Amen. Amen. Appreciate. Oh, wow. Uh, amen. Amen. Kayade, thank you so much for watching this morning. I appreciate Appreciate it. Amen. Nice to have you join this morning. All right. Amen. Praise God. Mm. I'm going to read all your, your notes. I'm going to read them. Amen. Sister Gano, thank you so much for joining. I really honor and appreciate you. Sister Tina, thank you so much. Amen. For joining. Amen. Oh, right. Peter, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Apostle Andre, wow. Thank you also for joining this morning. I really appreciate you, everyone, this morning. Amen. Sister Tina. Amen. Oh, Brother Steve. Well, bless the Lord. Amen. Uh, Sister Zenli. Amen. I hope I'm right. Thank you so much. God bless you. I pretty appreciate your connection. Amen. And uh, man of God. Amen. Gerald, bless you, sir. Amen. Thank you so much, everyone. I really do appreciate it. I hope I've thanked everybody. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Please forgive me if I didn't call your name or I, I miss your name. I didn't call it properly, please. I'm so sorry about that. May God continue to perfect his goodness and grace in our life. We thank God for the capacity to continue to advance his prophetic intention for this new day. May we continue to walk in humility. May we continue to respond with the eyes of the spirit and not with our own ingrained, you know, our, our blind spots. Thank you all. I love you all. And that's true. I mean it. I love you all with the love of God. May God continue to perfect his plan and purpose in your life. And please continue to pray for me. May he perfect his will and purpose for my life. Thank you. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. Bless you.